Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's show. We are your three bucks. Eric, Teach, and B. Hey. So, boys, the boys comes out. The boys are back in town. Never heard of it. No, no, no. The boys comes out. Prime video, baby. It's oh, out. Oh, the show. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have you guys seen it? it? No, no. I've not. I've seen the. I've seen clips, which are pretty gruesome. But uh, I, it's on my watch list. It's definitely not a family movie night type of show. It's inappropriate, but definitely worth the watch. I think the trailer I showed my wife. She's like, no, no. Speaking of boys, there was a boy, or I guess you want to call it man, Arby's. Last week was in the news. This past week, ex manager was arrested for urinating in the milkshake mix. Dude, what's up with these places and not wanting to make <laughs> shakes? I don't understand it. You pull up to McDonald's. Yeah, let me get a uh, shamrock shake. Oh, sorry. Sorry, the machine's down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you never get a, and then, like, never get a shake at these places. Well, think and when about you do, it. there's urination in it. Come on. Yeah, they have to shut down the machine for the cleaning process. It's just, it's no different than Carnival Cruise when you go to get in the pool and it's shut down for two hours because a kid peed in it. And now, and now we know what the cleaning process is at this Arby's in Washington. So what, what are they doing to this guy? Is this guy? <laughs> Dude, let's add it up. You got to get like indecent exposure, like attempted murder. Maybe like, <laughs> attempted I, mean, murder. I, mean, like, I don't know, man. Some people, some people uh, do that for pleasure. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can get attempted murder on that. What if you're like that guy that works close to that Arby's and every day, <laughs> <laughs> you get a shake from that Arby's for like the past. That's couple what I'm of years. saying is like there's got to be some sort of like malicious intent when you're peeing in a shake machine. I, there's got to be a, there's got to be attempted something. There has to be some guy that's like, assault. man, it's that was my assault. guy. That was my guy that hooked me up with shakes every day. <laughs> God, he made him so good. <laughs> oh gosh, but man, speaking of speaking of Arby's, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's been a big thing. That, that came to a wrap this week. Man, the only thing I even saw the whole thing was the stuff, the little uh, cut-up clips that people upload like on like Facebook of just, it, it's like the funny recap where they're putting a bunch of emojis on us. I've never, I haven't watched a single second of it. Oh, it'd be any time like Johnny Depp tried to talk, the, the lawyer would just cut him off. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hearsay. I've seen, I've, the, the funniest meme I think I've seen is... Hearsay? Uh-huh. Hearsay? <laughs> what is... Hearsay? Am I missing something? Hearsay? <laughs> Go ahead, as you were. I think the funniest meme that I saw in reference to the trial was that uh, they still have not caught Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow, you know who that is, right, Timmy? Or of course teach? I know. I'm a, I'm a Pirates of the Caribbean fan. I watched the first one in theaters. And, you know, and she was in Aquaman, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that was a big-time movie. The settlement, though, the, that it was a fifteen million to Johnny Depp, and then I think it was two million to Amber Heard. But I mean, with how big of a, a star Johnny Depp is, it just seems like the fifteen million might set Amber Heard back a little bit. Way more detrimental. Yeah, it is just a weird thing to read on the headlines when you're seeing they both won. They're both winners. That they're, <laughs> yeah, that they're both winners. But we we know that there's a financial difference here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel that way. I guess a W is a W, but. It doesn't really feel that way. But speaking of W's, I saw your uh, your portfolio was doing was full of W's this week. Sometimes you get rewarded for being in the biofarms. The rest of us, most of the time, you don't. True. <laughs> I did. I sent you the text today that uh, BCRX was slowly chatting back up. 
INMBU was making a little comeback. Yeah, so I, I had a couple of them that was sh- my shining stars in my portfolio this yep, week. Eric went to the depths with BCRX. For those yeah. that don't know, Eric's a big biofarm guy, so those are, uh, man, those were firing off, especially here at the end of the week. Honestly, yeah, and as of recent, I think I texted you after BCRX was tanking and then INMB had like a bad day, and I was just like, man, I don't think I'm ever investing in biofarms again. Today, I feel a little, a little different. He, he's like, yeah, I'm not investing. In fact, uh, my hunt of the week is now Citibank. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, it'll be Bank of America. Next week, it'll be Microsoft. Yes. <laughs> Slowly moving away from the volatility. Oh, very much so. But guess what, dude? I have to drop this. This is not really stock related, but I think I found my new car, guys. Is this a new car? Is it a new car? I have a Jeep Wrangler right now. It's from 2015. But I think I'm ready for an upgrade. I think I'm ready to go back to the future. Oh, boy. The DeLorean? The DeLorean is coming back. I'm not kidding. Go look this up. The DeLorean is getting a fresh coat of paint. It's called the Alpha 5, and it's an EV. I was going to say, an all-new battery. Oh, yeah. It's an EV, and it just looks like the old DeLorean from the Back to the Future, but it's all spruced up to kind of look more modern. Does it have the flux capacitor? I hope it does, or at least I hope it's an (laughs) add-on. Who who makes the DeLorean? Well, it was DMC. That that company went out of business, the original maker of the DeLorean. And there's another guy that owns, I guess, what's left of it. So I don't have his complete backstory, but they're rebooting the DeLorean car. And it's an expected sellout. I wonder how much he bought the company for. (sighs) He probably went back to the future to look. Yeah, right. (laughs) Back in time. (laughs) It looks sick. I'll tell you that much. Such a nostalgic throwback. I I, I got so excited when I read about it. All right, boys, let's jump into the show. We have a lot to discuss today. We got a lot of stock news to jump into. Get into the woods with us. Let's go. Hey, guys, we're going to talk about a lot of great stocks on today's show. Keep in mind that none of these are buy-sell recommendations. These are for entertainment and educational purposes only. This week's impacts on your daily buck. The Fed begins quantitative tightening here in mid-June. Mariah Carey and the Looney Tunes enter the NFT space, while in other NFT news, a former OpenSea employee is charged with insider trading. The Gemini Exchange is cutting their staff by 10%. And in other crypto news, Chipotle is now accepting 98 different digital coin for payment, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana. What's up is down and down is up. Snapchat cuts its forecast, markets go down. Microsoft cuts its forecast, markets go up. The U.S. adds 390,000 jobs in a very strong report. However, markets did fall. All of this and how it impacts your daily buck. All right, Bucks, let's discuss this week's trends on the major indices. The Dow was up for the five-day, half a percent. The NASDAQ was up 1.21%. And the S&P 500 was up 0.76%. So a green week for all indices. Yeah, you know, it didn't feel that way. Uh, well, it probably felt that way for Eric and his biofarms. Didn't feel- the XBI was up 3.55% this week. Of course it was. So wow. we should add that. That's a major indice. Yeah, yeah, we should. We should. The biofarm indice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weird because the markets this week, they reacted very weird. It's just like it's contrarian investing. You had last week Snapchat had cut its forecast and the markets all took a dump, right? And then Microsoft, the the king, 
they cut their forecast and the markets rallied that day. And you're like, <laughs> what? Yeah, and I think it's we kind of discussed it before the show, but I think maybe some of that has to do with Snap being majority dependent on, you know, probably one or two revenue streams, whereas Microsoft is, you know, more so dependent on seven to ten revenue streams. Or might I say that maybe people's sentiment with Snap is much higher than their sentiment with with Microsoft, and that's why it impacted the market so much. Snap yeah, that, that market. That's where my head was going because Microsoft yeah. is a kind of a boring, like I don't want to call them boring, but like it's kind of like a boring company. They kind of just exist in every everything you're using, like the computer, probably some of the software we use to edit this podcast. You're probably on Windows right now. It's always just there in the background, but you never really think about it. Whereas Snapchat's got like all this hype, like because it's part of the social media basket. I feel like True. Snap, for Snap to snap the market, I feel like it's just overreaction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got TikTok, you have other competitors in that space. It's right. crazy to me. Yeah, and then, and then of course, in the NFT side of things, man, uh, a lot going on, really. So more debuts into the NFT space. Mariah Carey now, she's coming to the fold. Last yeah. Christmas, I gave hey, you man. my heart. Oh, no, I was thinking of that song, Fantasy. I don't I don't know that one man <laughs> come on remember the movie uh, Rush Hour uh, the, the little she's oh, singing yeah. in the backseat oh the chi- yeah Rush yes. Hour 2 or Rush Hour 1 yeah yeah oh man good movie. classic yeah so some some more some more entries into the NFT space, which I mean is is good. It's it just seems like everybody's starting to jump. It's into just another it. way for them to brand themselves without involving third parties. I think it's really important to reflect on our last episode because I was very excited about NFTs, and it just seems like a common theme with my buddy. You B just got to squeeze it in, man. You just got to <laughs> squeeze it in. You can't, you know. Okay, so yeah, let's set the table here. Eric made his uh, debut into the NFT marketplace. He has he is now an owner of an. NFT. Now B owns pretty much a catalog of them and B has made some recommendations and tell us about how that all went, Eric. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wake up to a text from my, my buddy B. He never texts me in the morning, but he texts me. He's like, Hey man, you got to check this out. And I'm like, if he's texting me, he's like, his sentiment is high on this oh, company okay. <laughs> on this NFT project is it's guaranteed to be a solid company. His sentiment so, is, uh, it's bullishism, 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 bullishism. <laughs> Okay, it was tongue twisted. <laughs> I decided not to mint it. I decided to do one on the secondary. So I, I purchased one for 0.09 ETH. Yeah, yeah. The floor is now down to 0.02. <laughs> Which is, listen, that's pretty common. <laughs> I will say after a, a pivot, a, pivot, a new project debuts, it usually is some dumpage the next few days afterwards. I 100% agree with the exception that the next communication I have with B is really me just going on to Twitter and I see him saying, what is up with this company? Did they rug us? <laughs> well, yeah, that was me needling the company for their lack of communication. One thing about NFTs and, you know, three bucks might parlay into that space as well. But one thing about that space is it's largely community driven. If you want it to be successful. You got to have communication with your community. I mean, Mariah Carey, she's she's going to steal your heart. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, it's like going back to, we had an interview a couple of weeks back with the Gullums and that was one of the questions we were asking. And, and it is constant communication. It's it's constant interaction and keeping your community informed. You can't drop the ball. Yeah. I mean, there's somebody else on your heels. Yeah. If, if you don't post anything for one or two days, you're going to have a guy like B posting saying, what the oh, heck? Yes. Did I get yeah. rugged? 
straight up. Listen, hey, I've been rugged plenty of times now for as long as I've been in this space. I mean, there is activity on the Twitter now, thankfully, but they don't know how to respond to anybody. Eric will tell you, you got to be willing to keep it. I go, make sure you can you can frame this and put it on your desk at home. Yeah, man, I got a piece of art that I was actually happy with. Best one in the collection. It is a sick piece. But that's the worry with how many people are getting in, right? You don't want to take a chance on going with somebody new that then pulls the rug. But but speaking on the topic of, uh, you know, uh, getting rugged or stealing some cash, the former uh, OpenSea employee, what was his name? Yeah, Nick Chastain. Yeah, yeah. so he was in the news this week. He's uh, being charged with insider trading. He was uh, buying NFTs just prior to hitting the OpenSea front page. And then as soon as it went up to the OpenSea front page, he would then sell it for two to five times more. Or so the story Typical, goes. man. This is why we can't have nice things. Mind you, this I think this happened probably like a year ago now. Fed is all up in arms about uh, make, setting a precedent and making an arrest about insider trading for NFTs. I hope they slam him with the book. Put him in the, the same cell as this Arby's guy. You know, <laughs> let, let, this, let this Arby's guy pee in the open sea, okay? <laughs> yeah, you know, they really could be setting the precedent. You know, maybe uh, maybe the first arrest in the NFT space might be a catalyst for our, our NFTs to, to boom. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the saying, like, you know, any news is good news? Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. I guess, yeah, you're right. In one respect, it puts more eyes on it. But over to stocks, people are concerned with the market. Elon, he was saying he's looking at cutting 10% of his staff. And there's some, some stuff in the news about him bringing people home from work. And because he's highly influential, people are kind of concerned and spooked that uh, the market could see some more turmoil here in the year. And then, of course, now we have quantitative tightening that begins in mid-June of $48.2 billion that's set to mature. Yeah, a lot of things going on at the start of this third quarter here for us in the market. Still a lot of uncertainty. I am still coming from a place that I'm hoping that, you know, maybe this is really just very much situation of under-promising mm-hmm. and then over-delivering. I mean, there's a lot of things still up against us as far as being potentially in a recession. Well, I pulled a five-year chart of the S&P 500, and I went back to the last time quantitative tightening uh, started, and that was 2017. The market actually rallied on that. So while everybody's like using that news as like bad news for the market, the market actually rallied in 2017. It wasn't until the following year that we saw a dip in 2018. So and that's kind of where I, my head's been at is, is being bullish on Q3, Q4. But I'm flexible to the idea that we could see some recessionary fallout. So according to that theory, that might give us an opportunity to get out of our positions yeah. <laughs> beforehand. Oh, God, Lord knows I need it right now. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. I wonder maybe it just takes time for the market to really absorb what's going on. But that, that gives us hope. I like hope. Close your eyes. Can you smell that? No. Can you taste that? Taste what? Can you feel that? Ooh. I feel my hand clicking like, follow, subscribe to the free bucks, and it feels so good. Let your voices be heard. The Three Bucks are on Spotify, Twitter, YouTube, and more. I'm going to drop an education bomb on you. Higher education is dropping. <laughs> Literally.
basically there's been a lot of studies and a lot of information coming out recently just showing that education enrollments are down they're trending downward and then the average tuition costs are still trending upward that's a big issue right on top of that in 2025 there's expectations that it's going to continue to decline with enrollment yeah what i find funny is june 6 is actually national higher education day and i'm like who oh makes these <laughs> who makes these so education what we just said enrollment's going down tuition's going up and now it's national higher education day on june 6 and i'm just wondering who makes these national higher these national days at all also come on man today's national donut day and you know you pay attention to that every single year well I, yeah i do so. i do <laughs> i do i do care about that it just feels like it's like a propaganda attempt though right but then again it works when it's donuts Anyway, so people are looking at, is there still value in paying that high cost for the higher education? I think I'm thinking about how we're, we were shut down, you know, in 2020. And there's a lot of like people were consuming a lot of media. I mean, people were watching a lot of do it yourself stuff. There are a lot of people that are learning new things. I mean, on the Twitter spaces, you can see there's a lot of NFT projects sprouting up and about. A lot of 18 year olds that are on these Twitter spaces creating NFT projects. There's like people that are learning and you, you can't tell me that somebody that's 18 already has like a degree in behind the Web3, you know, design. So you're seeing where I think people are kind of teaching themselves and finding al alternative ways to make money. On top of that, when they were doing the stimulus checks and such, there's never been a better time to take a risk. Right. A lot of people were getting unemployment, but in general, you have a lot of people working from home. So they're working from the computer. They have ample amount of time to work on developing new skills. Yeah. Especially when things were shut down, they had, they were getting paid by the, and some, some people were getting paid the unemployment plus those stimuluses. Right. So they were getting money coming in where they could devote their time to other things and other revenue streams. And I, I, I think that, uh, you know, generations like ours started to, really started to think about the uh, the costs associated with going to, to secondary schools or to college uh, relative to how much they're making uh, upon graduation. A lot of students are graduating, you know, in six figure holes, working their whole career to try to, to dig themselves out of it. You know, I have my college degree. It's something that took me the greater part of a decade to get on and off. A lot of that was me trying to pay for it on my own. Uh, also receiving federal help as well, though. But I have friends that didn't go to college and are doing just fine. Sure. From a yeah. fiscal standpoint. With so. with regards to higher education, there are, are always going to be certain fields that you need the schooling to be able to obtain that job. Right. Yeah, uh, so in the, the health field is a perfect example. Right. But the problem there is some of those fields, the salaries are not going up, but the tuition is going up. There comes a breaking point when you're looking at it as a student and you are you have to do that adjustment as to, is it worth it for me to invest this much time, but yet my wage is not going up. And the number of people that maybe just don't see value in the degree that they got. Maybe they got a degree as in English or communications, right. but they're working, you know, yep. maybe they got a finance degree, but now they are doing something else entirely. So do they see the value in having that, that degree? So- how many people actually, you know, do work in the degree that they earned? I mean, obviously, I don't have the numbers, uh, but a lot of people will tell you that, you know, they're not even in the field that they got their degree in. I've always thought that technical schools had, 
had it together. You know, you go right into the schooling. There's no real prereqs. You're jumping right into your trade and learning that. So and relationship building, honestly, too. It's yeah. always been about like who you know and just, you know, establishing good relationships, which I think is probably hurting a little bit since a lot of folks work from home now. So it's not the way it used to be. But yeah, I mean, like you just said earlier, right? Some of these people are coming out of school with like $100,000 in debt. Average cost right now for public universities is 10.3K per semester, right? Private was 38K university. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of money. That's a significant sum. And you have different programs. You have your undergraduate level that are less per credit hour, and then you Mm -hmm. have graduate level, and then you have doctorate level. And a lot of these programs have been pushing it where they want you to do a doctorate now. You know, so you're competing with so many people that are going to school. <laughs> Back when our, our parents, well, actually probably our grandparents were growing up, going to college wasn't wasn't a priority. It wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? You could you could raise a, a family working at Ford, you know, for 30 years and be just fine. For our generation, 80s, 90s babies, it was really like, if you don't go to college, you're not going to make it. Right. You're not going to be somebody. You're going to be a loser. What else are you going to do? Go to college, go to college, go to college. Like, I know that's all I heard. Yeah, that's true too. And and I think there's other variables. I mean, it's like there was probably families having more kids back in the 80s and 90s, oh, yeah, like true. three yeah. kids, four kids, a family. And that, and obviously it was even more than that back in our grandparents' day and age. You have families of like six or seven siblings. And so obviously if you're having declining birth rates, that's going to play a factor in declining enrollment later on. So, And then true. of course now assessing the value that you get out of that huge debt. Yeah, there's been a lot of chatter with politics in regards to loan forgiveness coming up, right? Yeah. So, you know, and what the most recent that I've seen is that 10,000 almost seems like they're going to do that at some point or another. Well, what does this do to the publicly traded companies that do lending, right? This probably offers a short, if they do give a $10,000 forgiveness, I would imagine this would in the short term benefit a lot of the lenders that have had student loans paused. But in the longer term with declining enrollment, if you have a company like Sally May, where right. their prime revenue source Entirely is dependent. just, de- yes, just yep. dependent on student loans uh, lending, what does that do for that stock in the long term? Well, yeah, I think if you're talking about a stock that their primary and sole revenue is lending, yeah, the only, that's, that's going to be a huge exists, impact. Uh, but if you're talking about a company, for example, SoFi, the CEO, Anthony Noto, he went on record saying that he, he believes that they should do the 10,000 forgiveness. And, you know, part of it's just a morality thing. He just thinks that that's the right thing to do. It may impact the company somewhat in the short term, but they're going to continue to grow. But that's a company that has their hands in more than... Oh, yeah, they're... T- t- this just is, loans. They'll, and, they'll be just fine. They're in lending, borrowing, credit cards, debit cards, brokerage. They'll be okay. And that's what I'm thinking too. If I'm an investor, I would be looking at a company that has a more range in products than a company that's its niche is just like Sally May that we mentioned. You have other companies like Nelnet also does lending, but this actually could benefit them long term. If, if they get paid back in the loans, then they could buy back some of their stock. The other thing to consider is how would it impact the entire market and the economy? Could increase inf- inflation rates? We know that the outstanding federal student loan debt is $1.6 trillion. It's one point, yeah, $1.5 trillion. $1.5, $1.6, you know, tomato, tomato. 
<laughs> yeah, at this point, I know. But it, it could potentially increase inflation. But on top of that, though, you're going to have people that might have more liquidity. You know, maybe they've been saving their money for their student loan and now they could shift into the market or they're going to be purchasing goods and you're going to see the economy boosted a little bit. Yeah, don't, don't go spending your 10 grand that you get back on, on Arby's milkshakes. And <laughs> I said it was a really <laughs> good point that I did not think of. Someone like myself, I've been setting aside a lump sum that I could put on it. And so then I would put it into the market myself, but other people might go buy Arby's milkshakes. Or other people like me might use it as a down payment toward my new DeLorean. So, although I don't qualify, so. Can Just I get take, your 10,000? If I can get your 10,000, and you're 10,000, I'd have, I'd probably have half that DeLorean. If you could just go take, back to the future. That's what I was going to say. Just take a loan <laughs> and, out, uh, buy that car, go back. Cause yeah, do your thing. Don't pay your loans off. <laughs> go back and get a student loan. <laughs> do, do one semester, right? 10.3 K per semester. Go do one semester so I can get 10,000 on debt. Love it. Hey, and you give a guy a semester of college, he'll be educated forever. You give a guy 10 grand, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Hunt of the week. The markets are down and opportunities are still around. I want to give you a hunt that you should scope out and put on your watch list, and that's NVIDIA. Here's what I really like about NVIDIA, NVDA. They're really in a lot of different segments. They're in gaming, computer graphics, crypto mining processors, and their software is used in autonomous cars, NVIDIA Drive. So much range to this company that I'm really high on them, even at the price. And, and of course, tech stocks have been beaten down so bad. But according to Simply Wall Street, their valuation is at 186.67, and they're right, pretty much right there now. But this company has the potential to grow, in my opinion. And right now, they're forecasted to have 17.8% growth. They're in fantastic financial health right now. Their uh, short-term assets outweigh their liabilities, both short-term and long-term. And then they do pay a dividend, 0.081%. Barely enough to be a dividend, it's four pennies per share, but it's because they are focused on accelerated growth. Think that these guys, because they're part of megatrends, are gonna continue to grow and they're gonna become a major fabric in a lot of the things that we use. Scope it out. All right, Bucks, I wanna talk about dicks. Yes, that's right, dicks. Ticker symbol DKS, Dick's Sporting Goods. Dick's is a sporting goods retailer. We're definitely all familiar with Dick's. I picked them as my hunt of the week because going into summer here, warmer weather, in align with the demand for travel, I just really think a lot of people are ready to get out about and doing things, whether it's traveling, buying kayaks, whether it's just buying sports apparel. From a financial standpoint, they're a very healthy company. Uh, the revenues, in addition to their earnings, have, have steadily increased for the last four years. I think it closed uh, today at about $80 a share. So just like the rest of the companies in the market, th their valuation has been heavily, heavily slashed. And they do pay a dividend as well. So they've been smaller now as of recent. <laughs> yes, they've been smaller recently. But you expect them to get bigger. I do. I do expect them to get bigger. With, with, with dicks, with dicks, are you short or long? Well, personally, I'm long. I mean, I guess, you know, do, I you, know ever, you, do you ever swing them? <laughs> I mean, it's something you could swing too, I guess, if you want. Potentially be something that you stay long for like six months on this one. And then uh, maybe into the winter months when it gets cold, you know, sporting goods isn't as popular. You can, you know, you go back to being short. Eric, you got one for us, bud? I do. Mine is going to be tied to my sentiment with the EV sector. 
It's charge point. CHPT is the ticker. I know B loves this company as well. I do, I do. Really, I'm just gonna give you one thing. Their net income grew 32%. So now they're at negative 132 million. (laughs) But don't let this shy you away. They're not supposed to be profitable right now and not for a few years. It's really just working towards the infrastructure for the EV vehicles and that's what we need. And why not go with one of those companies that's leading the cause? They're putting in charging stations. They're one of the largest companies doing it right now. Recently, they had 114,000 charging stations put in already. So I'd rather start with a company that's already doing it than get in with one of the newer companies that are trying to get in. I really like what they're doing. They're in Europe as well. Yeah, they're across the world, really. I mean, they're in Mexico, Canada, US, Australia, and they're doing partnerships all across the board. So they're just a big company to pay attention to moving forward in the next five years. Absolutely. So 100%. I'm long. Hey, yes. Mr. Chargepoint, uh, so how much uh, revenue are you bringing in? Not $132 million. <laughs> Well, <laughs> if I had $132 million, just be zero. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, Bucks. It's hunting time ahead of a new week of opportunities. Thank you for joining us. And this week ahead, we have CPI inflation data released Friday, 610. And QT, the tightening, that comes in 615. So we have a lot to pay attention to. And we always talk about stocks every single week. Swinging dicks, sporting goods, or guys that pee in milkshakes. And of course, B's infamous, terrible suggestions about NFT projects that get rugged. Join us and follow us on Twitter at three underscore bucks. Shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, happy hunting.